This is Jeff Cober, and we welcome you to Disney at Play, our podcast today. Boy, we've got lots of news. As Disneyland fans living outside the state of California have now been given the chance to come visit the happiest place on earth. We look at what that involves, then turn our attention toward other great happenings occurring around the Anaheim Resort. As Avengers Campus prepares to open, we look at how players can advance their gaming success for a price. We also do a deep dive on some of these great food items coming to Pim's Kitchen. At Snow White's newly refurbished and named Enchanted Wish, we learn of details and behind the scenes insights from D23. We also learn of the Jungle Cruises, new date for reopening and how this attraction ties or doesn't tie to the new film starring Dwayne Johnson. We finish off with Brandy's new single princess hit being launched at Disneyland as part of the ultimate princess celebration. It's, it's a big Disneyland update and you're not going to want to miss it. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast as well as disneyatplay.com where you'll be notified of new podcasts and also where you can see links and videos and images and other things that tie to the podcast itself. It's a great place to explore all things Disney and we invite you to join us at disneyatplay.com. Well, let's get started because I am so excited about the big news that Disneyland is now reopening to those living outside the state of California. All right, let's start with my favorite piece of news. Disney Parks blog announced the other day, quote, today we're pleased to announce that beginning June 15th, 2021, we will once again be able to welcome travelers from outside the state of California back to our theme parks out-of-state visitors may now begin booking their return to the parks on Disneyland.com. Until June 15th, all guests visiting the Disneyland Resort must be California residents visiting in groups no larger than three households. End of quote. Let me just comment on that. First of all, I can't begin to tell you how thrilled I am with this news. Um, I know I live next to Walt Disney World, but Disneyland is the park of my heart. And all of the exciting things have gone. It's been a couple of years. Well, actually, the, my last visit to Disneyland was at the opening of uh, Galaxy's Edge uh, about two years ago. So it has been a long period since I've had the opportunity to um, visit the park and so this is just this is really exciting news to hear this happening it goes on to say the state of california strongly recommends that all guests be fully vaccinated or obtain a negative covid 19 test prior to entering the theme parks in addition all guests will be required to wear an approved face covering throughout their visit at the disneyland resort end of quote so a couple of things there. I think, first of all, other parks like SeaWorld specifically down in San Diego had already started welcoming out-of-state visitors. I think 
that with a lowering of um, there's an expectation that on June 15th, Calif the state of California is going to um, lower its um, its status. Um, things have been very successful in bringing down uh, the virus out there. And I think Disneyland saw that as a very safe date to target. It also gave them an opportunity to say to uh, to the California residents, who many of which have been annual pass holders, hey, you have a window here. Come, you know, come visit. Come check this out, and and uh, and you know, go to the parks. And I haven't. I mean, that that reception has been good. I wouldn't say it's been incredibly strong. Um, I would have expected more dates to be knocked off the list um, uh, for reservations uh, from Californians. I think people have become so, um, I mean, annual passes just simply made the whole thing more affordable. And so buying a ticket outright at full price to come, I think is a bigger pill to take than than California residents want to take. And for that reason, I, I think Disneyland's had an opportunity to kind of observe that and see that occur. So I think that's why, um, one of the reasons why Disneyland has given uh, California residents up to June 15th to come back into, into the parks uh, without others outside the state coming in. Um, it's believed most about 80% of those who visit the Disneyland parks are California residents, the other 20% being out of state. I think that percentage will actually be much higher as for the next months to come because A, again, a lot of folks in the surrounding Arizona, Utah, Las Vegas, Colorado, Washington state areas, they are all wanting to, to come they're used to paying a full price and they're looking for their summer vacation solution. I think that um, that you'll see a bigger percentage in the parks from outside of California and probably to continue that until Disneyland at some point in the future announces a new annual pass program, whatever that looks like. Um, Continuing on with the announcement, it's a reminder to enter a theme park. All guests ages three and older need to have both a ticket and theme park reservation for the same park on the same date. We recently announced a new way for guests to purchase theme park tickets at the same time they make park reservations. That <clears throat> has really helped uh, make it easier for people to reserve a ticket because a lot of people in the early days were going on for hours on end trying to get it all sorted through. They go on to say, quote, we're also excited to share an additional update on the theme park reservation system. Beginning today, the booking window for theme park reservations has been expanded out to 120 days, allowing guests even more time to plan their return to the resort. Um, check the theme park reservation calendar uh, for availability. Again, um, that's really um, trying to uh, create a situation where where it's uh, it's more doable for out-of-state guests as they come in um, to the park. Um, 
and by the way, I, I said in terms of reservations, if you look at it right now, most of June has been booked, um, including especially the first weeks after Avengers Campus reopens. Um, but right now, um, July and uh, August are, you know, whether you're starting at Disneyland or California Adventure, planning on, you know, doing the park hopping. I mean, it's, it's very open to guests. So... <clears throat> during those months. Um, I would expect that uh, July, the weekend of July 17th, which is the uh, anniversary of Disneyland, will probably book up uh, strong, uh, especially with the Jungle Cruise reopening, which I'll talk about in a couple of minutes. So, um, so you have a little bit of understanding with that. At any rate, all of it is really great news, and I'm just so excited to see the, uh, we are booking our trip. We're not sure where in July or maybe the first week of August we're going to do it. I have to work on some client situations, but we are heading toward California to see the parks and we're just very excited for all the things that we're talking about today. All the announcements and things we're talking about are all feed into why we're very excited to come back to uh, Disneyland. On June 4th, Avengers Campus opens at Disney California Adventure. And uh, this, again, is one of the things I'm very excited uh, to experience. There are three Avengers Campuses out there. I've actually been to the one in Hong Kong, um, which involves a um, an attraction based on uh, the uh, Tony Stark and all of that, and then one that's uh, revolves around Ant-Man. Both are great attractions and the whole theming of the area just looks sleek and and very exciting. Disneyland Paris is also um, going to redo their rock and roller coaster to a um, uh, Tony Stark kind of theme and um, and also add some additional attractions. And then we have this Avengers Campus in California Adventure, which already had opened with the um, with the uh, Tower of Terror being redone uh, as a new um, uh, experience a couple of years ago. That is, I love the Tower of Terror here at um, Disney's Hollywood Studios, but the one in California Adventure looked tired. It looked, it was not a, it was, it is not the same experience as it is here at Disney's Hollywood Studios. So they redid it to Mission Breakout um, with Guardians of the Galaxy. And let me tell you, it is a fantastic attraction. I have never giggled so much on a thrill ride than I, than I do on that attraction. And it's fun and it's just immersive. There's great theming. There's great um, Easter eggs throughout the whole thing. It's just an... A terrific attraction. Added to this, we've got a Spider-Man um, adventure that's called Web Slingers, a Spider-Man adventure that's opening um, with the whole of the land. There'll be a future um, uh, Avengers attraction um, in sometime in the future, but that is that is a ways off at this point. Probably will be the next major thing for Disney California Adventure, but it. For right now, it's a ways off from happening. Still, um, they 
showcase the new guide map for the Avengers campus. And they talked about a couple of things that are kind of interesting. So the first is some merchandise, which is being added. And, and of course, you know, who wouldn't want Marvel merchandise, right? This is different in that it ties to this Web Slinger's Spider-Man attraction. Let me just read this. What better way to gear up for this epic adventure, embrace your super inner superhero, than with a first look at all new merchandise coming to Avengers Campus. And better yet, some of these new products will be coming first to Disneyland Resort Backlot Premier Shop featuring Avengers Campus, Disney Plus, and superhero products on May 29th before arriving at web suppliers and Avengers Campus Supply Pod inside Avengers Campus on June 4th. There's a reason why they're putting this stuff out there beforehand, because people on opening day may want some of this merchandise with them. And this is why. They go on to say, quote, now there is one super thing we haven't shared yet. While everyone will be able to sling webs on the attraction, for the first time ever on a Disney Parks attraction, you'll be able to customize your experience aboard Web Slingers, a Spider-Man adventure with web tech accessories. Yes, you read that correctly. When you gear up, you'll be able to find your own powers and get a different experience aboard the attraction. Um, so, um, it goes on to say, as a refresher on Web Slinger's Spider-Man Adventure, you'll don 3D glasses on a test drive of the aspiring invention's latest in inventor's latest invention, the Web Slinger vehicle, and discover your web slinging superpowers. Those specifically designed innovative technology that recognizes body movements and gestures, you'll reach out your hands and sling webs from your wrists just like Spider-Man. This is a lot. The attraction looks a lot like Toy Story Mania. Only instead of having a little gun, you're kind of throwing your fi fist out there to kind of sling webs. However, there's there's a way to do it um, differently with these accessories. Going on to say, quote, first you power up with the web power band. This base band features an attraction mode. By the way, they, there are no bands at Disneyland. That's a Walt Disney World thing and Walt Disney World only. Now they're introducing something called a web band power band. This base band features an attraction mode that unlocks multi-fire webs aboard Web Slingers of Spider-Man Adventure to personalize the gameplay for a cool new experience on the attraction. Then you can find your own powers and add on web tech inspired by some of your favorite superheroes including Spider-Man, Ghost Spider, Iron Man, and Rescue to your web power bands. As shown, and we'll include the graphic, WebTech can change your powers on the attraction to those inspired by fan-favorite superheroes from Spider-Man and Ghost Spider with electrodynamic webs to Iron Man and Rescue with Repulsor Blasts. So actually, you're going to be able to shoot at these things as well if you've got this band. So think about having that um, that uh, extra ability. And I assume that the Spider-Man and the Ghost Spider um, bands allow you to um, get more bots at one time or get the bots more easily, do something that it, that 
creates um, more bot collecting um, than others. Spider-Man, it says, quote, Spider-Man and ghost-inspired web shooters change your powers to electrodynamic webs on the attraction and at home features lights, sound, projections, and webs that eject and retract. Iron Man Rescue Inspired Repulsor Cannons change your powers to repulsor blasts on the attraction at home. They also light up and blast the air while you practice your repulsor powers with training spheres. After you're done saving Avengers Campus from a Spider-Bot infestation on Web Slingers as Spider-Man Adventure, how many times do I have to say the name of that ride? There's even more fun in store for aspiring web members, check out all the details of what else to come. And then it goes on to talk about the spider bots, which were introduced some time ago. A spider bot, um, um, uh, spider bot uh, backpack that holds your spider bot. Um, some stylish goggles um, and, uh, and some other, you know, shirts and accessories and other things. So here's, here's what we have to take from all of this. The first thing that I take away from this is if you get, I don't know if you've been on um, Toy Story Mania, have you ever kind of felt like by the end of the ride, you are just, I mean, you have triggered that cannon as many times as you could possibly, you're just kind of over it. I think slinging those webs by motioning your hands and not being able to really aim quite as accurately is going to be kind of tiring by the end. You buy these accessories and now with pushing a button, you can do the same thing. Or in the case of the repulsor cannon, you can fire at them. And I think it'll make that easier to play and being easier to play, probably you're going to be able to get more bots, uh, capture more bots and earn more points in the process. So I think the first thing I take away is, is that while it seems kind of cool to be able to sling your own web, it may not be, it may be kind of tiring and that the accessories may offer you an alternative. Especially again, remember 80% live in California. These are a lot of repeat visitors. Back in the annual past days, you'd have people go every day to the park and get in line for an attraction like this and do it again and again. So that rep repetition, and again, we're not sure how the annual pass program works out, but that repetition does suggest that maybe um, this is going to appeal to people who want to play the game a lot. The second thing that I take away from this is I cannot think of another experience where an additional merchandise purchase enhanced or better qualified you to an ex to experience a Disney attraction. So this is a little bit of new territory coming in. Now remember there was like this talking Mickey Mouse doll, you walk down Main Street and it would say things and so forth and you know you get the sorcerer's cards in order to to be able to play those games and things like that. But this is this is a lot different in that and it's a pretty serious, I thought it was like a $60 purchase to get these, um, these uh, devices. So I, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, how popular those become, whether you feel like it's not worth it. Now, there's another aspect to this attraction, 
that's also important to know, and that is, is that um, you're going to have a virtual queue starting out for this Spider-Man attraction. Virtual queue is like the Rise of the Resistance experience, where, you know, you got to be in the right place at the right time, hit that thing, and hopefully you, by random chance, get an opportunity to go on the attraction. That says a couple of things. A, I'd be ticked if I had if I had bought the accessory and then I get in the park and I can't, I don't, you know, I didn't get a chance to ride the attraction. Um, secondly, um, like Rise, you're only gonna get a chance, one chance a day. So again, accessories work really great when I'm going again and again and again in the former model of, of an annual pass holder coming again and again. Not sure how that's really gonna sell in the early days of this attraction, at least as long as it is on a virtual path. That said and done, excited for the ride, curious to see what it looks like. Not sure I'm gonna buy the merchandise, but, um, but I'm gonna be curious to see who does, how many do, and what their experience is uh, doing that. Now, I also, while we're here at Adventures Campus, we have talked in previous podcasts about food at the PIM Test Kitchen. But I gotta tell you, they've, they've gone on and on to tell you more about, um, for instance, there's a whole breakfast, uh, Cinepim mini toast, uh, warm toasted cinnamon pim particle bread with turkey bacon and maple syrup. Does that appeal to you? I don't know. The nano egg experiment, one of one softly arranged eggs, which I think means scrambled, but it doesn't look like that. Um, softly arranged eggs, it looks more like a, a, a omelet kind of thing. And turkey bacon with toast for small beings. Um, uh, ever, uh, let's see, impossible quantum garden breakfast, plant-based folded omelet. Oh, there's the omelet portion. The other was, oh, okay, the other was scrambled eggs. Uh, with impossible breakfast sausage, uh, crispy potato bites and focaccia toast. Interesting. So there's a big breakfast option to come in. Some other things I had not seen along the way. I'm kind of curious about the Caesar salad plus colossal crouton. <laughs> the crouton's like size of a piece of toast. Um, hearts of romaine, kalamata, olives, pickled onions, Caesar dressing, garlic crouton, and Parmesan crisp. Actually, that looks really, really good. Um, so the Choco Smash Candy Bar, dark chocolate, peanuts, caramel nougat, chocolate brownie. Uh, I haven't seen a picture on that yet. Kind of curious on that. Um, and uh, by the way, not only does PIM Testing Kitchen, but PIM Testing Lab, Shawarma Palace, and Terran Treats, all of these have... Um, mobile order available, which many of these are carts. So the fact that you can just go up and grab something, that's that's a big thing to me. From the Shawarma Palace, New York's Tastiest, a chicken shawarma wrap, garlic spread, and coconut yogurt tahini sauce with pickled vegetables. Okay, it doesn't describe well, but actually the image kind of looks good. Maybe I need to go downstairs and get some breakfast. I don't know. The Impossible um, Victory Falafel, plant-based falafel and cauliflower wrap, um, garlic spread, hummus, and coconut yogurt, tahini sauce with pickled vegetable. Again, kind of kind of cool. I like that. But 
But I gotta tell you, the Terran Treats with the Cosmic Cream Orb, this is a crispy cream puff with whipped raspberry cheesecake mousse. Actually, it looks very purple inside, but it does look, from a texture, it looks really good. And then the Sweet Spiral Ration, I only mention it because it's a churro, but it's a churro spiraled um, with unique flavors and kind of in the shade of green, plus some drinks and so forth. Really, um, it's going to be hard because as uh, as someone coming in, we'll probably do three days in the parks. Um, you're tempted to want to go to Disneyland first thing in the morning, where a lot of people want to get in the virtual queue for rise. But I'm going to want to get in the virtual queue for Spider-Man, since I've seen rise about 20 times out here in California and Florida, and it's not a whole lot different. Um, so I'm not so needing to do that, but I am needing to do that. But you can't switch until two o'clock in the afternoon to go over to the other park and then the other park gets swarmed. So I, I really want to see the Spider-Man thing. Not sure I want to, um, make it my first park of the day. So that's all, that's all kind of playing around in my mind as I think about where I want to be during my stay at, uh, at Disney. Let's uh, talk for a moment about um, Snow White's uh, new attraction. I just, this is, this is probably one, I just love the dark rides at Disneyland. And this one just um, works for me completely. Um, and so I wanted to mention a couple of new things that have been I put out. By the way, I've got links to videos. I've got the videos and links and other photos on my Disney at Play site. So make sure you check those out. Let's talk about the Jungle Cruise at Disneyland. This week, Disney Parks Blog announced that the new Jungle Cruise, which has been open or closed, the Jungle Cruise has been closed at Disneyland since it's reopened. But they have announced this week that the Jungle Cruise will reopen on July 16th, 2021. That's a Friday. Saturday is July 17th, which is Disneyland's uh, anniversary birthday. And so it's, a, it's an incredible uh, time to be at the Jungle Cruise. They posted some photos of Trader Sam's gift shop being uh, installed and put in play. It's, uh, it's looking very cool as to what they're doing. And um, by the way, if you're not aware, they, as I said, they they didn't reopen Jungle Cruise so they could focus on making the changes as they reopened the park. Magic Kingdom, mind you, they are kind of making the changes as they go along. And so it's kind of, both parks are being done simultaneously. It will take longer for Magic Kingdom to finish their changeover, but uh, it's all gonna be ready to go at, um, Disneyland on July 16th. Now in D23, they talked a little bit about these changes. Quote, this year the jungles at Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resorts are set to evolve once again with all new story elements, characters, and exciting details to be added. To plus this classic attraction, Walt Disney Imagineering has listed, enlisted a crew of adventurers that includes creative director Susanna Tubert, a story editor and fellow Skipper alumni, Kevin Lively. I think, quote, I think our guiding principle was not to break the attraction. We kept the same spirit of the Jungle Cruise, 65 years of legacy, 
jokes and memories, explains Lively, but fine-tuning it, updating it, and making it more relevant was our approach. And trying to find that spirit of the classic Mark Davis humor, the trademark of the Jungle Cruise, was key, end of quote. He goes, goes on to, the article goes on to say, Sharp-eyed explorers may even spot a tribute to one of Mark's unrealized concepts for the attraction, the man-eating, uh, the um, man-eating plant. A host of new characters are headed to the jungle, including Alberta Falls, the owner, manager, bookkeeper, and head mechanic of the Jungle Navigation Company Limited. Um, as a young girl, Alberta grew up traveling the world with her mother, an artist from Italy, India, and her scholarly English father. However, from a young age, it was clear that Alberta was a free spirit who loved spending time with her grandparents and the skippers, whom she considers family. Now that she's in charge, she is especially proud to share her grandfather's legacy by welcoming world-renowned explorers, botanists, entomologists, and artist friends, according to Tuber. Some of these adventures will soon be spotted aboard the ill-fated excursion on the Quango Kate. Uh, just what happens to the crew? You'll have to take a trip to Adventureland to find out. I believe, actually, it will not be Quango Kate in the Magic Kingdom. I think it will be Kissimmee Kate, named after the, the city Kissimmee. I say Kissimmee Kate. It's, the city is pronounced Kissimmee. It's where I live. I know how to pronounce the city where I live. But for some reason, I've always pronounce it in the title of the boat, Kissimmee Kate. Kissimmee Kate. I have to work on that. My apologies. By the way, D23, by the way, a couple of things. There are no, the um, D23 highlighted, in fact, was the cover, um, the new Jungle Cruise film coming out this summer with The Rock, uh, Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt, Paul Giamatti. How did I miss that Paul Giamatti was going to be in this movie? I would be standing at the movie theater already by now if I had known that in advance. So they do a nice little job outlining what um, that film is all about. But there are no plans at this point to put any of that in the Jungle Cruise. This is just really addressing some things that really needed to be replaced some time ago. Um, they are just simply pluses. However, what was interesting that D23 mentioned, I wasn't realizing, is that... Um, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is hosting a new Disney Plus series called The Rides of a Lifetime, and he'll it'll start. It's actually a spotlight of and kind of an inside, uh, detailed look at key Disney rides and attractions throughout the parks. One of them being the Jungle Cruise, which Dwayne will kind of, um, you know, kind of play skipper and host to. They're also going to look at um, uh, Star Tours and uh, Space Mountain. It's. I think it's going to be in a great series. I love the Imagineering series. If you have not seen the Imagineering series, I would have to tell you to stop this podcast and go listen, go watch that series. All of it. Every one of those episodes are amazing on the Imagineering series. But uh, maybe you can wait until after this podcast is over to do that. But anyway, all exciting things happening with the Jungle Cruise and, of course, the Jungle Cruise film coming to theaters this summer. Pretty exciting time. All right, it's time to talk about 
princesses. I don't talk about princesses enough on my podcast, but we'll start with Snow White's Enchanted Wish, the new refurbished dark ride at Disneyland. The Disney Parks blog created a little video that showcases all of the little animals um, from the the woodland forest animals that are in the attraction and that they had added a lot more animals to the experience. Uh, Some of them are moving, some of them are little baby animals, some are adults, some are, of course, uh, wicked animals like the vultures and the crow. And uh, at any rate, it was kind of a cute video to see that. Then also D23 did a little article about this this changeover uh, into Snow White's uh, Enchanted Wish and how they had to quote unquote thread the needle carefully between nostalgia and 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 you know where they were wanting to go um, in taking the the attraction to the next level. Quote, this attraction was important to Walt because it was about his first animated feature. This is a legacy attraction. This is a 1955 opening attraction, and it is our only princess ride-through attraction at Disneyland. Stop right there. I really hadn't realized that with all the talk about princesses, and we're going to talk more about princesses later, this is the only attraction at Disneyland that features a princess. So, continue on, she says, quote, So we wanted to give uh, it its due. The idea was to create a happily ever after that we um, all want out of a princess fairy tale. We still have the great classic scenes, such as Snow White dancing with the dwarfs in her cottage. But we repositioned some of the scenes and some of these those animated figures so that it feels more inviting. We've represented the dwarfs in a bigger way than we did in the past. One of the ways was during the mineshaft scene, where guests now get to see original footage pulled from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs marching their uh, way into the mine. We get to see the dwarfs actually working in the mine, pulling out jewels, examining jewels, uh, with new special effects that give our guests a look into how the mine might have felt. Before, it was kind of, it kind of looked like everyone uh, went to lunch. There was the mine, but nobody was around. Now we actually see the dwarfs in there. We get to uh, see some pretty cool effects, which are these long mine shafts that seem like they go on forever. We get to see Grumpy actually picking at a big diamond or Doc examining the most amazing jewels. So uh, for those of you who've done Seven Dwarfs Mine Ride, the best part of the ride is not the ride. It's seeing the Seven Dwarfs in their mine working and singing along. Um, but in this original dark ride, they're right. You got to the mine and there was nobody in the mine. <laughs> it was just, and, and there was a, even a mine cart that would kind of come falling down towards you, would stop right before it hit you. But there was no reason for how that mine cart came falling down. It was all kind of, kind of weird when you really think back on it. But at the same time, going to, into the mine was a big part of the whole experience. Um, quote, there are a lot of creative touches that guests might miss if they're not looking. For example, as you enter the dungeon, you'll see a very unique dwarf's cottage inside the crystal ball. It's where the queen actually saw Snow White living. Also, as you're coming up to the storybook, after Snow White has come back to life, 
make sure to watch one of the dwarfs throw his hat outside of the book. It flies up and falls on top of one of the letters. Um, the Imaginator then is quick to point out, however, that although the attractions have been updated and the name changed, there's still much of what fans have loved over the years. Quote, we still have those great moments with the queen in her dungeon and transformation scene where she says, magic mirror on the wall. Um, it used to be about 75% of the attraction used to be scary and focused on the queen and about 25% was about the happy moments. We've reversed that uh, now. So now about 30% is, I don't even want to say scary, it's suspenseful with the queen. The rest is more celebrating the happy moments in Snow White's journey. Uh, we really wanted to pay homage to the movie and to the celebration of Snow White. Empowerment of Snow White was really important to us. So what we tried to do through the attraction is to make her the prominent figure and to empower her as one of our princesses. We wanted to really provide that happily ever after. In the finale, after guests have witnessed the thrills, sorrows, and joys of Disney's first princess, the newly awakened Snow White sings her classic, Someday My Prince Will Come, and her words um, seem somehow even more poignant now that Disneyland is welcoming guests back after a very long time away. Someday we'll meet again. Someday when spring is here. Someday my dreams come when my dreams come true that someday is now end of quote love that so appropriate and uh how can you not get excited about this little attraction by the way if you love snow white and the seven dwarfs another way to experience it at disneyland is to go to the carthay circle theater because that restaurant there is done as a loving tribute to the making of the film to its backgrounds to its um, cottage scenes and the forest. It had, it's taken on this, um, this uh, decor that really celebrates Hollywood during that heyday period and the making of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. So that's a perfect compliment if you really want to celebrate your time with Snow White at the Disneyland Resort. I did not highlight this earlier, but there was this little thing that came out on San Francisco Gate, um, a post that talked about how uh, politically wrong it was that the prince was stealing a kiss of Snow White while she laid there at the end of the attraction, or, or similarly at the end of the movie, and how um, that was just not right. And I just really felt like that was just trying to get some um, clicks, and, you know, it was clickbaiting. Uh, and, but it got a lot of, um, a lot of press out there, uh, this particular post, which just isn't really well found. I wonder sometimes if people actually watch the film. And because if you study the films, you see these people not just in terms of the events that occur to them, but in terms of who they are and in terms of their values and what they believe in and what makes them strong. I think that it is time for the princesses to really not just be 
you know, some kind of toy element that, you know, doll element that children collect or, you know, some kind of brand that sells a lot of merchandise. The princesses have a lot of great qualities that need to be, that really need to be showcased and, and brought to people's attention and understanding. And who better to do that than global superstar Brandy? Now, one of the highlights for Disney Plus, as it has come out, and we've watched, you know, all the Mandalorian series, and we've watched um, all the Marvel series that have come out, and, and I mentioned the Imagineering series a few minutes ago, how I love the Imagineering series. Big, big highlight was when the wonderful world of Disney's Roger and Hammerstein Cinderella came out on Disney Plus a few months ago. This was a big movie that our children watched again and again and again uh, in their youth. Uh, Brandy started Cinderella. It was just, it was just an amazing, uh, wonderful film um, that was just, uh, it just made you feel great. Um, they have created this, what's called the um, Walt Disney's Company Ultimate Princess Celebration. This is a year-long event spotlighting the courage and kindness these Disney heroes inspire in fans all around the world. From Cinderella's generosity and Belle's ingenuity to Mulan's selflessness and Moana's adventurous spirit, Disney is honoring these strong heroes through music, experiences, products, and a campaign to give back to children around the country. And as a centerpiece to this, they have invited recording artist Brandy to uh, record a new song. And again, we will have the links to not only her talking about this, but to uh, the song itself. And it's it's called Starting Now. It's beautiful and you don't, you don't wanna just listen to it. You wanna see the music video because the, it helps you to see in the lyrics how it ties to all the Disney princesses. And she just brings it all together and she does it in such a humble, wonderful way. I just love this little piece. And she kicked off the whole thing at Disneyland. I have an image of that also on uh, on Disney at Play. So definitely check that all out. It's just, uh, it's high time that we honor and celebrate not just the princesses, but what the princesses represent in terms of the kind of people we all wanna become um, in life. So, any rate, that wraps up a very big um, podcast for today, celebrating all things Disneyland and what's going on. When are you going to Disneyland? When is your next visit? Or have you ever been? Maybe now it's time to visit the happiest place on earth. I invite you to do so. I think it's uh, it's just a terrific experience, unique um, Walt Disney World is amazing, it is enormous, and it's, I, I, I'm glad I live here at Walt Disney World, but Disneyland has the strings of my heart, and there's a good reason for it. It is truly a magical place. Thanks for joining us, appreciate you being part of this podcast. Again, in the words of Sinbad's Storybook Voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.